Welcome to Singled In, a gathering place for single members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in their 30s and 40s, also known as mid-singles. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Oliver. And tonight, our special guest speaker is our dear friend, Rocky. Rocky, thank you for How being you doing? on our podcast tonight. Thank, thank you, Oliver and Lindsay, for having me. <laughs> I think this is really cool what you guys are doing, and it's with more than half of the adult members of the church being single, I think there's going to be a, a growth and need for more things like this, you know, and it's kind of, this is really cool. I'm, I'm excited to be here and thank you for having me. Okay, we're excited that you're here. So Rocky, you're already kind of a celebrity because in episode three, when we interviewed uh, the Coopers, your name was mentioned. Yes. So this is kind of like, you have like celebrity <laughs> status now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting last few years. Needless to say, and for me, it's been life-changing. I had no idea what it would... When I first started coming to this ward, I wasn't a member of the ward. My records were not in the ward. Mm -hmm. I was serving with the youth, um, with the Boy Scouts. This was in 2019. I think that was the last year for the Scouts, Mm -hmm. was 2019. And that was also when we went to to our church. Uh And this was in a family ward. Yes. Um... And because of the two-hour church, we had priesthood every other week, which allowed me to start coming to the singles ward every other week for the Sunday school Sundays. Uh-huh. My bishop and my home ward told me, I don't care if you want to go, just as long as you're here for the, for the priesthood Sundays, feel free to go visit the singles ward. Because I was trying to get there, yeah. but I just my calling kept me up every Sunday in the family ward yeah. so, and working with the young men. So, oh, cool. That's what allowed me to start coming okay. to the ward. Um, okay. Before we jump yeah. too much into your story, which I am excited to hear, we should do our get to know you question. Okay. So we're recording this in October, but releasing it early November. And I would say early November is a weird time. Like, what are we about <laughs> now? Are we about Halloween? Are we about Thanksgiving, Christmas? Mm-hmm. It's When do you think it's appropriate to bust out like the Christmas tree and the tunes? Mm-hmm. I have really good, really good friends of mine who they just love Christmas all year round. Oh no! So they have like Christmas decorations and sometimes their tree up all year round. Oh wow! Now for me, I'm the kind of person I feel bad for Thanksgiving. I feel like we need to celebrate Thanksgiving as well. So after (laughs) Halloween is over, you celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then once Thanksgiving is over, then you can then you're given the time to listen to Christmas music or get out the Christmas decorations. But you have to wait until after you celebrate Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. I yeah. I would agree. My father was really bad about... He loved Christmas. And he would be playing Christmas music probably like in early October. Okay, okay. And, it, and my mom would make him turn it off. She's like, it's, we're not ready for that. There's like a slight change in yeah. the weather and the Christmas but music is on. You know, they, they yeah. toward toward retirement, they had a log cabin and the trees and the snow would start to fall. Deer would be in the yard. So I kind uh-huh. of, the mood might have been there, but yeah, you know, it's just too soon. <laughs> so Yeah, I am not a big Christmas fan. I've gotten, it's gotten better for me in recent years. Actually, I think it's because I have like seasonal depression, so it's like not my favorite Ooh. time of year. Gotcha. <laughs> and then some Christmas music is just real annoying. Like the stuff they play on the radio, I'm mm. not into. But I think, especially in recent years, I've gotten better about being like, okay, the real like reason for Christmas is not those things, it's Christ. Yeah. So I can appreciate like 
celebrating that part and there's you know like beautiful music still out there and mm-hmm. things like that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> get grumpy some... around christmas time <laughs> <laughs> well some of those songs are like super somber so i i, I get that like when you mentioned that I was oh. like, yeah some of those songs are like kind of Heart-wrenching. Oh yeah, or just, oh yeah, like the the shoes. Yeah, or, like the yeah. shoes are like I'll be home for Christmas, like that uh-huh. one. The, the little drummer boy. Yes. Yeah, and That's then some are just song. annoying, like the ding a ling a ling a ding dong ding. <laughs> <laughs> like why? Oh my gosh. My Maybe dad, like my dad always had the classic, like Bing Crosby and uh, all, the, all the classic those are fun. White Christmas. Yeah, yes. all the original artists, like. Okay. Do you guys have, like, a favorite Christmas album? I know there's some good ones out there, like, you got some Josh Groban, you got, like, some Carpenters, mm. you got... For me, it's Mannheim Steamroller. Mm, okay. Like, that electric, like, orchestra music, that, that really that really hits the spot for me. I actually, I play violin, and I have a book of Mannheim Steamroller music, like, violin, and I think a lot of them are, like, pretty advanced, like, maybe too difficult, but... There is a Silent Night in there that's, like, really good. So yeah. maybe I should bust that out this yeah. year. Because that love... would be, like, church appropriate, I think. It's, like, very pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I love Carol of the Bells. And okay. It's so, like, Mannheim Steamroller's version of Carol of the Bells. It's, it's fun. Yeah. I don't know the name of it. What's that orchestra that... It might be oh. Mannheim Steamroller, but there's it's, like, a symphony-style... Symphony yeah. yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's... It's like a big show that comes to Christmas. Because I also have... Seems oh. like it, I've never seen it, but that seems like it would be really cool. It's like, it seems like real intense. It's like Transylvanian. That's Trans- not it. Trans-Siberian. That's it. That's it. Trans- Trans-Siberian. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, a lot, it's all it. instrumental. It's, uh-huh. And it's very, like, well-performed. It's, okay. That, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. My mom had this, like, maybe tape, uh, cassette tape. <laughs> Yes. that we had growing up she, I mean my mom is like Christmas like queen of Christmas <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Claus um, and our house is like magical at Christmas but there was this cassette tape and it was just instrumental music with like some choral some instrumental and I think it was like an LDS uh, composer named Meryl Jensen mm-hmm. anyway I loved that it was just like magical Christmas music I tried to find it on Spotify it's not so I'll have to like hunt down oh a CD or something, right, or yes. find it online or something. Surely yeah. your mom still has it. Just she does, under- yeah. <laughs> but I want one for myself. <laughs> yeah. No, just so. still hers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fun. I mean, yeah, the Christmas season can be great. Right. It can be fun. Yeah. Yes. They're all, they're, it seems like every year is a little different, too. Yeah. yeah. And you gotta, Some, like, sometimes it just comes and goes. Other times you really have those memorable family times. And, that's true. Mm-hmm. You gotta like take it easy, just let it be what it is, not mm. get the expectations too high. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it's good. Yep. And wait the appropriate time to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the holidays. Don't separately. don't burn it out before it gets there. <laughs> I agree. Especially the Christmas music. Um, I think we should do we should figure out how to do an episode on like celebrating the holidays as singles. Like maybe some of the like hacks for like I don't know. Um getting through the holidays as a single person or you know how it's always like rough when you like go stay at like your parents house and, and <laughs> everyone has single. their families yeah, you're the only single and you're like sleeping on the couch mm-hmm. that's, yeah. a, that's a reality for a lot of people in the especially uh-huh. some of the older singles that are above our age bracket some uh, of those people have no family yeah. and yeah. They, they do get together they do have a get together and they do kind of celebrate their that's own little cool. you know it's like that that 45 up crowd yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Because there's like a Friendsgiving. They do Thanksgiving too. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That is a good topic. We should totally talk about that in in a yeah in a, a later episode for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We okay. get a lot from there. Well, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rocky is with us, and we uh, want to talk about thriving in the mid singles, especially if you have like a calling, and also about like approaching the aging out age. But we'll we'll talk more about it as we continue having our conversation with Rocky. But Rocky, so tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we'll get into when you started attending the family ward and then you started coming to the mid-singles. Okay, so yeah, to kind of go back to where I, where we left off earlier, and let's go back a little little ways. So I was born in the church. Uh-huh. I had an active mother and an active father. There's five of us kids. Some chose to stay in the church, some did not. Mm-hmm. Because when you have two parents... Only one that only one of them is strong. You kind of get two role models with two different point, you know, directions. Yeah. And at t- different times in my life, I've followed one or the other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it was easy easy to go inactive because my dad was inactive. Yeah, that so, makes sense. You know. Yeah. Um, but I did go to seminary. Get my I got my seminary diploma. I got my Eagle Scout, but I did not serve a mission. And about the time of mis- mission age, I was inactive from the church. Mm-hmm. All the way until, I think, 2014, 2015, about 2015, I started going back. And how do I want to tell this story here? So, I don't want to jump around too much, but basically, the light, obviously, you can imagine a life of inactivity that long. Yeah. There was a lifestyle. Uh Uh-huh. And so, I'll just come out and say it. I've been reluctant to share a lot of this. But since this isn't church and this is a setting of we're amongst friends, yeah, I just think a lot of people, my story might be different and kind of shocking to some. Mm. So there was a period of time in my life where I was in an outlaw motorcycle gang. Mm. Oh, okay. And there was a series of events that led me to go into jail for a, for a period of time, not more than a month. Mm. But... It caused me to have to reevaluate where I was in my life. And I remember in jail, I found a Book of Mormon in a bottom of a box of books. Uh-huh. There was different books. And I'm going through there. And, and, and just to put jail into perspective, most 95, 99% of the people we associate have probably never been there. You're sitting in jail and you know your bills aren't getting paid. And you're sitting in jail and your insurance isn't getting paid. And you're... Your life is falling apart and you have no control of anything. Oh, and, it, yeah. it can, and I had, a, I owned a house. I had things to lose. And I was losing my job. And I was, and there was things happening that were just very hard. Huh. There were the, the consequences of my own action. But sure. I found a Book of Mormon and it was, a couple pages were ripped out and there was graffiti in it. Uh-huh. And I took it into my cell and I started reading it. And I read it twice in three weeks. Oh. And that's the kind of time you have on your hands when you're in jail. Uh-huh. Anyway, that led to me finding my way back to church. And I didn't go back to church right away. I, I got out of jail, found a job. Uh, my parents had moved to Utah, so I was living in their house and yeah. paying them rent. And I actually was teaching elders quorum, and I wasn't even ordained elder uh-huh. <laughs> in, that, in that ward. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Which is kind of, kind of interesting because I keep getting these callings where I felt that were above... Your pay grade. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like the, why am I in these college? Yeah. You know? Because yeah. that's kind of where I'm going with the, you know. Yeah. Not to mention, I still had a couple word of wisdom things I was 
working through hashing it? out yeah. okay yeah i i had smoked cigarettes and and the stress of everything i didn't oh, quit sure. that right away yeah yeah, yeah. so sorry to to backtrack just a little bit so how long were you inactive for and then when did you decide to go to slowly start going back to church so it, it was about the time i turned 18 yeah and this event happened when i was 33 okay so that was in 2009 so 15 years. And there, yeah, there was a couple years more of kind of inactivity. But what happened uh-huh. was is they came by collecting fast offerings. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Oh, the family word. Yeah. Gotcha. So I had looked in my wallet and I think I had $60 to my name. And I'm thinking I'm broke anyway. So I gave him 20 bucks. It's like I'm already... <laughs> Long story short, that kind of led to me getting in touch with the church. And the sister missionaries came. So, um, but yeah, so that's how I kind of found my way back. It was... How many years is that? 2000, 2018, 18 to 35. So about, what? what is that, 15 years? Uh, yeah, like 17, yeah. Okay. My math is like embarrassing on the no. podcast. So anyway, um, it was <laughs> a long time out. is what it was. Yeah. Okay, so they had me teaching elders quorum. And then right around that time, I had heard about the mid-singles being formed. Mm-hmm. President Christiansen at that time was our state president too. Mm-hmm. And I heard it, you know, and I was trying to get to the mid-singles ward. I was single. The guy that was the elders quorum president who had me teaching elders quorum became the young men's president. And he asked me to be his first counselor. So that got me highly involved with the young men. So this is back when we still had Boy Scouts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think That's cool. I think now the bishop basically is the young men's president. I think so, The, yeah. the way it's designed. Yeah. You know, he's in direct relation rather than having a, a mediator. So Yeah, yeah. So, that um, right. I started coming to the ward when I could. Yeah. And I think in 2019 is when we went to Two Hour Church, mm-hmm. and then we were flip-flopping Relief Society and Priesthood. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, Sunday School, Sunday school yeah. Relief Society and Priesthood. So my bishop, he's like, those Sundays where you're, it's just Sunday school, go to the singles ward if you want. And that's when I got to start coming regularly. Uh-huh. And I remember talking to Bishop Cooper I knew a Jeremy Cooper in high school, and I asked him, I said, do you know a Jeremy Cooper? He didn't come right out and say that was his son right away. I think oh, he, was, really? he, was kind of, he was kind of jacking with me a little bit, like, I don't know, does he kind of look like this? And, you know, he, he was kind of being funny about that it. That sounds like, like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long, long story short, that, that was his, you know, the Cooper's son, and he, we were the same age in high school. Oh, cool. So, we, you know, there was, basically, I was started coming to the singles ward, and... All the way up to about 2019, right? It was early 2020, mm-hmm. just before COVID started. Mm-hmm. And I had been attending adult religion class and President Levitt, who those of you who don't know is there in our uh, state presidency, his wife was teaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, she, taught, she, she taught every, every oh, week. And that I was actually that. started out as a stake calling. Yeah. She's a wonderful teacher, like very mm-hmm. smart. She was like a professor when it came to like the gospel. Mm-hmm. But... um. She asked me to cover for her once. I think oh, she, to teach. Yeah, so I did. And then it wasn't long after that that I got a phone call from him. I was driving home from church. Uh-huh. And this was in early 2020. It might have been January 2020. And he said, hey, I need to talk to you. And I was already just about home on a Sunday. And honestly, I hadn't put two and two together. It's like, is this my stake presidency or is this... I started driving to the wrong... Steak center. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I called him. It's like, wait a minute. And he's like, no, no, no. This is for the singles. I need you to come to our steak center. 
So I drove all the way back up there, and I'm thinking, what, what does he want? I thought maybe he was going to ask me to teach, mm-hmm. help teach with his wife or something. Because uh-huh. I wasn't even a member of the ward yet. Yeah. Yeah, you were just attending. Yeah. And yeah. so I come, and he extends the call. And I had been ordained an elder, but I hadn't even been to the temple yet. The call to be in the bishopric. In the bishopric. Oh, okay. Oh. As second counselor at that time. Oh, that's funny. It was yeah. with uh, Brian McMullen. That was when uh, George Wells left and uh, Monty left. And it was so it was two new counselors coming in. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah George George was getting married and Monty was moving. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here you are attending, your records are in the family ward, and you're going to adult religion uh, at the mid-singles ward. And then the mid-singles ward stake president called you to be the second counselor of the bishopric in the mid singles yes yeah okay and he's like you're you're of course you know he's like you're gonna have to move your records in and yeah and at that time it was like i don't know if you guys have ever where it was so surreal i almost felt like is this really happening (laughs) because it was body experience yeah it it was like a dream it was like i was like come on this can't you got the wrong guy or something you know (laughs) You might want to make sure you got the right guy. Anyway, um, so I walked out of there, and it was just this really, like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, why does why is a guy like me, who's got a criminal record and lived a big part of his life on the wrong side of the of the gospel? Yeah. Getting the getting these kind of callings, you know, it was just strange, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you accept it right away, or did you tell him? I actually told him. I said, "I got to talk to my." And then before I even left, I was like, "He's going to tell me to take this calling." <laughs> I know. I knew that the first counselor and the young men's he was going to tell me, "You need to take this calling." Oh uh, yeah. I knew he wasn't going to tell me. No, we need you. Like right. that, that was something that. Yeah. It was too big of a. Yeah, it's not, for sure. You don't. It's a good opportunity. You, that's not a growth. calling. Yeah. One thing about callings is, like, I think if you accept a calling, you need to be prepared to do the calling. Mm-hmm. That's true. So many people do will accept callings, and then they just kind of... Yeah, know. maybe you just, like, really don't have the time or mental energy for it. Yeah. And, yeah. But you accept it because you feel bad or want to people... Out of a sense of duty. Yeah. But, yeah. It's yeah. kind of disingenuous, yeah. but I get and, why people do it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, on the record, you can say no. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. can say no to a calling that's... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to say no to this because it was too big of an honor, mm-hmm. and it pushed... The calling pushed me. The callings mm-hmm. have pushed me to be better than where yeah. I was at. More than I probably would have pushed myself. Yeah. Um, like, you saw that as a... As, yeah. A like, possibility for you, or like to to backtrack. Yeah. The way I quit smoking is, uh-huh. I was um, working with the young men's, uh-huh. and the bishop in my last ward. He told me if you can go one week without a cigarette, I'll let you bless a sacrament. I was still a priest at the time. Okay. And so I manned up and I got mouthwash and all all of the tricks in the book to quit smoking, <laughs> and I did it. Nice. Wow. And I blessed the sacrament that Sunday, and I had never smoked again. No way. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And that's then incredible. that Sunday, he said, I'm going to send you to go get the Melchizedek priesthood. Like, oh. like it, there was no, like, waiting. He wanted to keep me moving. Yeah. There was not going to be any. Oh. He's like, you got this, right? Because that bishop was really cool. He was a convert. And oh, he cool. actually used to smoke, too. Oh, so. cool. Yeah. So, he, so he knew where you were coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I think having the having that bishop at that time was probably key, too. Yeah. Someone, someone that understood, you know, like. Sounds like you've had a so, lot of good mentors. I think so. Yeah. Having mentors and then you 
you pass that on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. once you once you learn, you learn what you've learned, and you pass it on to others. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you accept the calling. I accept the calling, and I'm in the bishopric, and it was a lot of. I'm such an unorganized guy. I'm not good on a computer. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Here's Ben Ivy. He's all got his laptop, and everything's all perfect and it's typed out and <laughs> letterheaded and all dated. And I'm like, got a notebook and a pen, and that, yeah. that was my style, you know. Sure, sure. Because that's at work. I carry a, like a clipboard and I write things down, and it's all only yeah. I can decipher what I wrote. And yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. Remind us what you do for work. So I'm a carpet layer. Okay. And I've always been a carpet layer, but I've had worked for different people. Um, like at the time I got in trouble, I worked for the wind. Oh, okay. So I lost a really good job when that happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the company I work for now, um, I had to go back there. Okay. It was a company that I started with, uh-huh. and I left them to go to the win. Uh-huh. And luckily, the our project manager is a high school friend, and he took me back. Oh, and it was cool. kind of like going home with your tail between your legs because you're in trouble. And yeah. asking, asking, like, mom and dad if you can come move in yeah. or something. It was a kind of like, son. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have this new calling in a new ward, mm-hmm. and you don't really know anyone, correct? Because this is this, it's not new. Not very well. Yeah. When I was visiting, I honestly kind of feel like my... I People say I have an image about me, and I feel like my, my image <laughs> might have been a little bit... Uh, kept people a little standoffish oh, towards yeah. me at first. They didn't know if I was a nice guy or not. Yeah. So I mean, the image would be like biker gang, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a bad one. <laughs> it's kind of a cool one, honestly. Right, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So you know, making friends at first wasn't that easy, and also approaching girls in the ward wasn't. It was kind of weird. Okay. At first, yeah. The calling. Like, and I probably probably gave me more respect than I deserved. <laughs> but I tried to live up to the call. I wanted to be a good counselor. I wanted to be good for Bishop Cooper. Yeah. It was an honor to be in that calling. And I wanted to serve the ward. And yeah. serving in that calling made me the man I am today. And it pushed me to go get endowed. I was uh-huh. taking my time on that. Sure. There was no reason why I couldn't get endowed. It was just... It's a big commitment. It's just wearing the garments, and, and yeah. I kind of, I was kind of a, I knew what I was be committing to. Which is good that you knew. But it yeah. was, I mean, I didn't know the whole temple process, but I knew that it was a higher commitment. Yeah. And sometimes that can scare people, like, I don't know if I can live up to these things. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Honestly, your life really doesn't change that much. Uh-huh. As long as you can keep the commandments, life is the same. It is, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the area that the endowment does help a lot is things like callings where you're utilizing like priesthood power my understanding is that like well the endowment gives you more power god's power Mm -hmm. which is the priesthood Mm -hmm. and then of course you're utilizing that in a lot of areas of your life but especially if you're serving in the church or something yeah yeah the higher the church calling the more you want that spiritual guidance absolutely yeah, yeah that extra help yeah yeah, I agree. the The temple's a neat place. I like you. You actually worked there for quite a while, didn't you? Yeah. Do you I, still work there? Uh, no, but okay. I think I was actually working when you went to yeah. the temple for the first time, which was really cool. She oh. she was one of the workers in my endowment. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to. Like, we actually got real lucky because oh, we came okay. in a week before COVID shut the temple down. Oh. That's, oh, I didn't know. I that. didn't realize yeah. it was oh. that close. I well, that I made cool. it. I, I it was on a Saturday, I believe, and I made it back one more Saturday. Oh, okay. 
might have been a Friday, but I made it back one more time and then it was closed. That was it. Yeah. So I got to go back. Mm-hmm. And they they always say it's good to go back right away because Absolutely. it's yeah. too much to really take in. You know, yeah. It's, it's still a lot to take in. And every time I go, I feel a little bit, it's like I take a little another puzzle piece with me. It's yeah. Kinda, okay. That's yeah, good that yeah. it feels like it's yeah. progressing for you. I think it's just got to yeah. be a lot of, you know. Yeah. Repetition. Yeah. 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 There's a lot to. So here's a question for you. Um, when you were inactive for all those years, I take it you didn't go on dates with like other members of the church. Did you date outside of the church? Yeah, for the most part, I had I had some girlfriends um, over the years. But did I ever even have a church member girlfriend? I don't think I ever did. <laughs> yeah. When I was when I was in high school, I always had a testimony. This is one thing I always had a testimony of the church. Yeah. But I didn't always keep the commandments. But even when I was inactive, I always knew the church was true. Okay. That's yeah. not everybody's case. Sure. A lot of people just lose their way. Yeah. yeah. They just leave. Yeah. It was kind of it was kind of a struggle, an inner struggle, because I always knew I had to get back there someday. Interesting. And That's no matter cool. where I was and all these crazy things, this crazy lifestyle, I always knew, and I didn't like people bad mouthing the church. Mm. Oh yeah. I defended the church like yeah. verbally. Yeah. Because when you're an outsider, you don't like to mm-hmm. hear about some, you know. Yeah. It never, like it, I don't think it ever got real confrontational, but I would yeah. say I would defend the church. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was part of your foundation. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I loved it. I respected it. I, and I, I'm glad, I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Um, I don't ever want to leave it. So serving in the bishopric with Bishop Cooper was a lot of fun. Bishop Cooper was a very fun bishop. He is. He's, he's very, uh, how do I, I don't, he's probably going to hear this, so I don't, he's kind of a rebel. Yes. I, I would, I would compare him to kind of like Captain Kirk. He, he likes to, he likes to kind of like. Push the envelope. Yeah. He, he bends some rules here and there, you know. Um, he is. We'll he just, we'll and then, this. He talked about that in the podcast. He yeah. He, yeah. He kind of, he, he took a lot of liberty to do what he felt was right, which I think he did an amazing job. Yeah. And I, and I feel like at, for the time he spent and Sister Cooper and that calling that, yeah, that they were the perfect people to get this word going. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I don't know anybody that could have done what they did. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think Bishop Gibson's doing a really good job too. But Absolutely, the Coopers yeah. got got us to where we are. Yeah. 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 They really got us um, off the ground. But it was a lot of fun. I we never really had any problems with each other. Mm-hmm. I do I just remember that you would think Bishop Rick would be all business, and for the most part it was, but every time that Bishop Earl from the Stick High Council was there, it was like comedy hour. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Because Bishop Bishop Cooper likes to rip on him pretty well. Yes, uh, I can so, confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same in Elder's Court. Whenever Bishop, whenever Brother Earl is in yeah, there and Bishop yeah. Cooper, they're always picking <laughs> on each other. <laughs> Brother Earl is from the stake. He's in the high council. And yeah, and he's, he's assigned, a, he's assigned to, to us. Yeah. 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 He's a yeah. good guy. He, he's, he's a really guy. good guy. And he, he was a bishop, um, and now he's stake high council. And Yeah. And he cares a lot about us, too. He yeah. does, yeah. And he teaches our uh, temple preparation, temple education class. And That's he's cool. really good with that. Yeah. He's, yeah. Been, he's been a great teacher with that. So. I did love with Bishop Cooper being in like a meeting with him like ward council or something and hearing his little snide like jokes that were like under his breath while somebody was saying something <laughs> they were always so good and it was never something that the whole room would hear so you're just like cracking up yeah, <laughs> because he said subtle. something really funny 
that's like really quiet because that's like his demeanor. Oh, he, he's a character. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was really kind of nervous about. I want to say nervous. I just was kind of concerned about when the Coopers were going to leave if it would be the same. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like I mean, the same and, spirit, like the same. Yeah, and it. And I think the word is fine. And we absolutely. we love yeah. we love the Coopers and but it's always yeah. good to see them come back and visit. Oh absolutely. I, I always wanted you know, I was hoping they would stay in touch with us and they have. You made the comment about how you really had a good time with Bishop Cooper because he he really liked to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um we talked about this in episode three with the Coopers, how he had um mid singles as his counselors in the bishop. Room. Yes. Whereas in usually in family wards they're usually married. Right, married mm-hmm. individuals who are uh, who are counselors in the bishop, they're, and they're usually like people that have had real high callings, you know, like yeah. state presidents or members of state presidents, or mm-hmm. you know, I think it was a very wise decision mm-hmm. to have ward members, singles, be close to the bishop Cooper, mm-hmm. because someone like me can be close to you, mm-hmm. and we can be close to him. Mm-hmm. And we can bridge a gap. We associate differently than he than mm-hmm. old married people will too. Yeah. And I think that was that was wise. Yeah. Because we can be better eyes and ears for him. And one thing about that calling really changed my heart for the better is learning why so many people are single and what can we do to make their lives better. Mm. Interesting. We have so many different dynamics. We have, you know, um, there's some mental illness. There's mm-hmm. some handicap. There's some, so many different reasons why so many people are, there's divorced people. Sure. So many different, re- and there's so many like emotions and feelings and we have depression and we have all these things. Yeah. Different uh-huh. backgrounds. And yeah. caring for people because I don't have depression and I don't have, I've never been mm-hmm. divorced. I've, I mean, I've been depressed, but mm-hmm. caring, learning to care and love people in the state that they're in mm-hmm. is a real important part to that calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with COVID, I mean, I got called in right at the beginning of COVID and released right at the end. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that was for any particular reason or not, but yeah, it just seemed, that's interesting. It just seems like COVID was a time where we had to learn, uh-huh. reevaluate and learn how to, to adapt, how to adapt, how to better each other, better ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, Help each other. Yeah. Yeah. Raise raise each other up. There was a lot of concerns, a lot of feelings. We had a lot of conflict in the ward. People mad about wearing masks. People mad because people aren't wearing masks. We had all Mm -hmm. sorts of problems. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, it was an interesting time. And. Yeah. But learning learning to love and care for people Mm -hmm. is something that I never really. That's what I. That's my biggest takeaway Mm -hmm. from my experience in the bishopric. What advice would you have for others who are maybe taking on a new calling and wanting to figure out how to be successful or how to thrive? Thriving in a calling. Let's see. Ian Rukusen just got called into the bishopric. Jeff has not been there long. Uh-huh. Um, and it just doesn't apply to just a bishopric calling. They're, I mean, they're going to be busier. Yeah. That calling is really a job. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of time. Absolutely, yeah. goes into that. Yeah. But any calling, like I am Temple Family History now, and go full speed ahead into mm-hmm. it. Make it a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And you will you get out of it what you'll put into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like anything. Whether you exer- The harder you exercise, the better shape you're going to be. Mm-hmm. I think with any calling, go... And this is what I learned with this calling. And I kind of learned this from young men as well, because mm-hmm. I really kind of had a love for the young men. Mm-hmm. 
put effort into it. Try hard. Mm -hmm. Make it change other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Every calling, you're serving someone else. Mm -hmm. if, any, if you have a calling, you're, call, you're serving someone else. Mm -hmm. Serve them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Was there ever a time where you thought to yourself, man, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe, like, this is my calling. <laughs> yeah. And I felt that way just a lot of times. It's like I used to lay in bed and laugh. It's like, do they know anything? Nobody knew anything about me. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing that I've kept to myself, and I don't know if the state president ever knew this or Bishop Cooper. When I got called into the bishop, I was actually still on probation. Oh, uh, Okay. So I didn't know I didn't I didn't know if there was a background check or sure yeah you know I just from the and the that's a long story like the probation came long after because uh -huh. the court thing got tied up and for so long like yeah. liter literally ten years before it finalized uh -huh. ten years of nothing and then probation came so probation shouldn't have been at that time yeah, yeah. but I was actually on probation in the yeah. bishopric yeah huh. so that, that, that's an interesting that's cool yeah, yeah. so I don't know if. I love that. I don't know if that was supposed to happen or not. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it was fine. Yeah, right? The technicalities were never... No one asked, and I didn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. the thing was, is I just was going to take this calling seriously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... I really enjoyed seeing... I mean, not that I really knew you before you were in the calling or anything, so I, I don't know, like, in what ways it changed you or whatever, but it was great to see you just, like, really thrive in it and, like... Uh, relate to and serve a lot of people. I just felt like you were blossoming. Yeah. So Do you, you, you guys could probably see the because I could feel the changes. I could see yeah. myself change. Yeah, it seemed like I didn't really want I didn't want to stop being in that calling. Yeah, I wanted to keep going, and it it wasn't like a I'm special, I'm cool because I'm in the bishopric. It right, was, I loved it's not the like work. a status thing. Yeah, yeah, I loved the work. I yeah. wanted to keep. And so I kind of wanted to carry that into this. And now I also get to teach elders quorum. So I always oh, cool. having the two. I like a full schedule now. I wanted to just keep going, yeah. keep doing everything. Yeah. We, we had our visits on Wednesday nights. And then, you know, just everything we did together. And then in Bishopric, it was like, what can we do to help mm -hmm. people? This person needs help. What can we do to yeah. serving? I would compare it. I've heard, I didn't serve a mission, but I've heard mm -hmm. stories about people don't want to come home from their missions. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're on their mm -hmm. mission, they're having the time of their mm -hmm. life, they're doing their mission. Sometimes, some people. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, some, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, but I have heard that where it's, yeah, they don't sure. want to come home for sure. Yeah. You know, a lot they're so involved, yeah. yeah. And you're focused on others versus like worrying about yourself, right. I think is like a really big benefit, right? Yeah. yeah, you know. So I know that there's other opportunities in the future. Who yeah. knows? Maybe I'll be the bishop someday. Yeah, not, <laughs> there probably not of this word, but you know, somewhere. <laughs> Ooh, we're manifesting it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out there. You know, I I don't know I don't know what's in store for me. I might be in primary. You know, that's where yeah. the Coopers ended up. But oh, there you go. Yeah. But the Love point it. is, is serve serve the people you're serving. Uh huh. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm Temple Family History. Yeah. We're doing work for the dead. We're trying to get. We we got something really big coming up where we're gonna be. At the end of the month, we're going to be trying to bring people in, get your family names to the temple kind of mm -hmm, thing, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the month. So so you have some callings right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, so, I'm guessing it was a loss when you got released where you just, you know, it, lost some of that purpose or whatever. It was, I know, and I know Bishop Cooper must have felt this way too. Yeah. I, I at least got to stay. Yeah. Can you imagine just like this ward is your whole life and then now, and now you can't even come to church or anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, I at least got to stay. Yeah. And so how long were you uh, a second counselor for? 
I was second counselor for, it was January 2000, I think, till June or July. The Brian McMullen was first counselor, and he got deployed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's when Ben Ivey, I th- think he was serving as uh, executive secretary. To, At the time, yeah. Yeah. He, he got called. They promoted me to first counselor and Ben to second. Mm-hmm. And so I became first counselor at that time, which the, the only difference is really who presides yeah. when the bishop's not there. It's not. Mm-hmm. But um, Duty's still the same. Yeah. Yeah. I do know like the, that first time that Bishop Cooper was gone, you feel, you kind of feel some pressure like, <laughs> if something goes wrong today, I'm the only one here that can put Yeah, I mean, he going. was, like, regularly handling, like, situations. I'm putting that in quotes because, yeah. Yeah. you know... Because we, we, have, we have some unique people, yes. you know. There's, yeah. a, there's all sorts of different situations. For yeah. sure. So you were, you were second first counselor for, like... It was three? Just about two years. Yeah, two years. Just wow. just over two years. That's great. Oh, like a mission. Um, yeah, it was a two-year <laughs> service. Yeah. Um, and I'm still serving, and I'm happy to have the callings I have. And I, I know that there's, you know, I'm going to be running out of time here soon. This is, at the end of the year, I age out of this ward, and I really don't want to leave it. Yeah. But I understand this ward has a purpose, and we're supposed to come here, meet somebody, and move on. But it, honestly, that doesn't seem to be the situation for most. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, most people are not what getting this, married. Right. What this yeah. ward has become, and I don't know that this was the intention, and I don't know even where the Lord is with this, but for many, this word has become like a family. Sure. Yes. I know it's not the ideal right. situation, but I always called us a word family. Yeah. Every, every time I conducted, I always thought it was important to say good afternoon, word family, and, and use that. Yeah. yeah. Because some of these people, this might be the only family they ever have. Right. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And I wanted them to feel like we have, we got each other, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, as time as time is getting close, you know, I don't really want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's hard to leave. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just it's it's kind of it's kind of I know it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that I'm I'm gonna be like Bishop Cooper and bend some rules, and I'll be around more than I probably should. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. How crazy that you were inactive for so long, and the church was not a big part of your life compared to now, where it is such a big part of your life. It's my whole life now. Yeah. 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 It's a shift. I don't know why it went that way. I know other people that Uh are inactive and they come back and they're, Mm -hmm. maybe they have all the best intentions and their life doesn't go like that. Yeah. Sure. So I don't want to feel special or anything, but I just. Right. That it worked out. There was all these things that pushed me. It's like I wasn't endowed and then in the bishopric, the the calling pushed me into those things. It's like the calling has kind of driven me. Maybe that's a better way to say it. I'm driven by my calling more than maybe I need these callings. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any plans for when you do go to like a family ward? Or we can call it a neighborhood ward. Because not everyone is (laughs) in a family. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody there is a family. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to attend church there and just see what happens. But I will be around. Yeah. I've already talked to Bishop Gibson and he's, he said, if you want to come visit, that's fine. Yeah. We'd love to have you. You know, I won't be gone. Yeah, yeah. And I've made friends with you guys, and I made mm-hmm. friends with many. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to, I'm not going to turn my back on you guys either. Mm-hmm. You'll still get the invites. Yes. Yeah. You, even if I get married, I'm not going to be turning my back on you guys. I know so yeah. many will come to our board, get married, and you never see them again. Yep, yeah, they and, and that's okay. Totally, yeah. But that's not who I am. Yeah. I've, this is, I've made a family out of you guys, and yeah. I want to I keep that. It is scary, like, being in a relationship and... 
I don't know, you just have to, at any phase of life, you have to be proactive about, like, keeping friends and, like, yeah. you know, following up with people. But it is, like, obviously your partner cannot be, like, the only support system in your life mm-hmm. that is not, like, a healthy model <laughs> yeah. for you or them. And so, um, yeah, other friends and other supports are really in- important to, like, mm-hmm. fill out that, you know, yeah. that whole so system. So this is something that both you and Rocky have in common. You both have a significant other in your lives. Mm-hmm. And so you're both trying to figure out how do you stay active in the church with your friends while still being Mm -hmm. active in your relationships? Yeah, it's, like, different. I also, like, had a good friend move around the same time I got in a relationship, so definitely feeling, like, a loss of, like, good friendships, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that happens, like, regularly, but, yeah, I think it's the the goal is just to, like, make the efforts to keep reaching out to others, Mm -hmm. and I think friendships and support systems will always evolve. Yeah, Um, yes, definitely. And that's okay like it's just times and seasons of life you can appreciate what people offered at different times and mm-hmm. there will always be more great friends in the future yeah. yeah yeah the friend group is always constantly changing yeah you know if i was a lot younger and i was you know and it was time to get married it might not be the same because there's so much ahead yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm not saying there's nothing ahead for me in life or anything mm-hmm. but i was so close i'm so close to the end that i know that when i'm gone i can't come back mm-hmm. Even though I'm still going to have the same friends, and I'll probably mm-hmm. still come to some of some of the things. I definitely mm-hmm. want to come to adult religion on Thursdays. Yeah. It's like it's just a class. Yeah. And then, yeah, we've got some good teachers. Yeah, your element. Yeah, and, and keep in touch that way, and mm-hmm. then maybe FHE from time to time. You know, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Or like the activities. If we go like have a barbecue, I want to come and say mm-hmm. hi. You know, I'm pr- I'm just going to have to go s- just see how it goes. Um, uh-huh. I have friends that I left behind in the last ward. Sure. And I'm still in touch with them, but they have families. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know what's gonna what's in store for me with, like, if there's kids in the future or not. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Interesting. But Potentially, yeah. Theoretically, <laughs> it's possible, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, there's always options, but, yeah. But, know. yeah. I feel like, just like when you got released from the bishopric and you found all these other good things to focus on, other callings, friendships, relationships, whatever... To kind of like fill that void, I, I feel like you'll do that again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah. just your personality is to like take on some things that are good for you and that stretch you or whatever. So I'm still managing to thrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard stories of bishop people that have served in the bishop or going inactive, and that's hard to understand for me, or at least at this time right now. Yeah, I think it's possible for anybody, but sure. Yeah, I'll probably. I mean, I. Maybe I'll go back to young men's. Yeah, that'd and be my, amazing. And my experience, or maybe mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'll be in a bishopric again. Yeah, I know a guy that he, he it seems like every couple of years he gets called back into some other bishopric, and then like yeah, this one guy he just keeps he's one of the counselors all the time, and it's like the bishop will get released, the next bishop will call him in. He this it's a guy in my last ward. <laughs> yeah, he's been in so many different bishoprics, it's kind of. Funny. Have you noticed how a lot of people have like the same callings they get over and over? They get yeah. recycled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recycled callings. Yeah. Like some people are just always teachers. I, I- will say every singles ward that I've attended, I have at least been in the eldest Quorum presidency in one call. You've been in a lot oh, of yeah. yes. since I've known you. Yeah. Yes. Until you're not in it now, though, right? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a first. Time. Yeah. That's funny. I have done family home evening more than once yeah. <laughs> in oh, different wards. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so everyone has their little strengths that yeah. they. Which but that, it's also good to do something out of your comfort you zone. I, and, and speaking of yeah. like thriving in a calling, yeah, that was the one thing that actually worked during all the COVID. Yeah, we had, you were really we had nothing. That. that and it and I, <laughs> you don't know how important I think that was to many uh-huh. because it seemed like before COVID 
FHE was very low attendance, mm-hmm. and at least the ones I went to, maybe not all of them. But yeah, not but, for lack of trying. We had some good leaders yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like when COVID started, our our attendance at activities really like overnight went really high yes yeah. and I, I remember you remember we had that barbecue at the cooper's yeah it was, it was like our first party. in-person activity in like yeah. a year or and more do you remember the attendance there yeah we probably had like yeah. 70 80 people oh, for show sure. to yeah. well the other thing that happened during covid maybe within like a year or so is the ward really like exploded a little bit and i think it was a lot of people who yeah. had been you know doing their neighborhood wards or whatever and realize like, oh shoot, I don't have enough friends, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, just needing that extra support because that was the lonely time there for was, everyone. You yeah, know? and some people just returning to activity about because maybe because of the condition of the climate oh, of the world. We're absolutely, living in. it was like scary was, time. I mean, that was kind of that was kind of a big deal. It was like a wake up call. I feel like the pandemic was just traumatic for everyone, and we yeah. haven't really discussed it <laughs> or like. I kind of I kind of hoping it. to forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Live, you know, it's good to be back to normal, but. Yeah, it, it, it really was deal. kind of a wake up call. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. I think, I think you don't know what you have until it's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like we didn't have FHAs, we didn't have those moments where we could like get together and socialize. And so when that was taken away, I think that's when people were like, oh, like I now that I can't do that anymore, yeah. I'm starting to miss it. I'm starting to crave it. You couldn't yeah. even take a big group to a restaurant. You know, there was just yeah. maybe I think what was there a limit of six. Yeah, 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 I remember that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. there were there was bir- there were some things happening, but it was we couldn't even get big groups together. It was really kind of a, and you did a good job on the virtual yeah. and all yeah. that. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, it was fun. <laughs> that was my element. Um, <laughs> so thriving at a calling, you get props. Yeah, for, I definitely feel like uh, that was maybe God helping me like with ideas and stuff yeah. for that. So. It was well needed and well, yeah, well done. Yeah. I would hope that. I mean, we're pretty we're out of COVID now and things are back to normal. And I think we all appreciate that, but I yeah. think it's been so easy to just slip back into like, eh, life is whatever. Instead of being like, wow, life is fantastic yeah. <laughs> comparatively, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. And just like really appreciating all the opportunities we have, all the like opportunities to connect with others yeah. that we just didn't have for a while. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And it seems like the attendance is still there. It's still going strong. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. after, yeah. after the pandemic, the, the attendance at our activities is you know, like Sunday school, I mean, uh, adult religion and FHE and the activities and things has stayed mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Yes. It kind of brought people together. And I think it, it some ways brought everybody closer. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I was really surprised at how many men we had in elders quorum on Sunday this past Sunday. Yeah. Because our elders quorum is usually pretty dismal. I mean, we have two relief <laughs> societies and one elders quorum. Right. Members are kind of low. But last Sunday, we had a lot of men in elders' court. Nice. And that, like, really surprised me. I love to me. see it. Yeah. 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 We need that. Yeah. We need those good guys. Oh, that's awesome. So, Rocky, yeah. what kind of advice would you give to people who are, like, maybe thinking about coming back, who maybe have been in, uh, inactive for a while? Don't be afraid to come back. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be in trouble. <laughs> and it, yeah. was, it was so much easier than that. It okay. was like, welcome back. Just open arms. Yeah. Um, don't feel like you're going to be, in, I think that the adversary wants you to feel that way yet. Now you have to come back and face consequences. Now I have to come back and don't. Yeah. And if there, and if there's something you got to work through, just work through it Yeah. from being an inactivity to now. It's like my life is so much, my thought process is so much clearer and everything's just so much better. Like, you know how, when I, the earlier I talked about giving, I had $60 and I gave 20 to fast offering. Yeah. 
that led to things changing. I think that was the spark that set, set things off. The sister missionaries came. I started paying tithing. Mm. When I started paying tithing, I got promoted at work. Mm. I started like hmm. growing. I started, I got a, the things started happening. I had money. I had all this money. I was like, whoa, this is cool. Mm. And I've always been a big... Uh, Sender. No, a big fan of tithing. Like oh. a big <laughs> proponent. I'm sure, yeah, proponent. I was searching for the right word. <laughs> big spender. <laughs> big spender. <laughs> I've learned, and you know, another thing that you know, I took those uh, self reliance finance class, so I learned how to spend less than I make, and that's been a something good the church has provided too. Uh, but yeah, anybody that's that's like thinking, well, I don't know about this, get back to church now, because we're heading into times where there's not really a gray area anymore. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, it's going to be pretty black and white. And I think it's important to plant your flag now mm-hmm. on what side you're going to mm-hmm. be on. Mm-hmm. Make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. We're, we're heading into, it's getting, mm-hmm. things are getting pretty clear. Actually, I don't want to say clear because to so many, you know, like how the, in Revelations it says what's good will be evil, what's evil will be good. Yeah. That's kind of seems like where we're at. Like yeah, so many things sure. are, you know, yeah. it's just... Yeah. Very confusing times. You know? It's a crazy mm-hmm. world, yeah. absolutely. I think yeah. it's just good to plant plant your flag and get involved mm-hmm. while you can because it's just going to be harder and more confusing, more ridicule. Yeah. yeah. Figure that out now than yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said, like, don't be afraid. Just come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. just do it. You're not in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're really not. Don't feel like you're in trouble. Don't feel like, oh, I've... Don't feel like you're not gonna fit in or anything like that. I when I my first year back to church, I smoked. Yeah. And I got to a point. I, w- I was like, how am I gonna do this? Yeah. And I was I taught. They had me teaching elders quorum, and I still sm- I was smoking cigarettes. I wasn't an elder. Yeah. It was just like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this how it's supposed to work? Uh-huh. The point is, is I got to a point in life where I wanted the gospel so bad. I didn't care what anybody thought anymore. Yeah. Uh, my own my own rebellious heart said, I'm going to church. Nobody's going to stop me. Yeah. And everything fell into place. My bishop worked me through that. I got, yeah, I became an elder. I did, you know, so. Sounds like you had a great ward to like receive you and help you along yeah. the way too. Yeah. Had a really good bishop and That's good guy. Amazing. I still talk to him. Yeah. We have a lot in common. He's a car guy and we, 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 I see him at car shows and stuff and we, we talk car stuff and he's, uh, he was a good bishop. Aww, yeah, that's cool. Oh, that is great. Well, it's been great talking to you. I mean, I just love your story and love your perspective on things, on serving and reaching outside of yourself and making yeah. your yeah, making I, life better through the gospel. I do have one message to all the singles. Yeah. Before we close up, go tell for us. It, please. If you don't like something about yourself, change it. I know that's not. People are probably rolling their eyes, thinking, "Oh, yeah, that's so." That just happens, but but it, it can happen, and I, I I believe I heard that at a general conference. I don't know if it was a seventy or somebody said that. Mm-hmm. If you don't like something about yourself, change it. If you need to to do something to change who you are, it's okay to to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you ask the Lord, He'll help you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I believe that. Yeah. I had to do that too. I had to yeah. lose a hundred pounds to get a girlfriend. <laughs> Good job. She's cute. So, <laughs> she is. She's super you know. sweet. And uh, don't let the state you're in be the end of the world. You can yeah. do things to yeah. improve. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not talking about just weight. Yeah. There's lots of things. Just, Mentally, yeah, financially. The Lord will help you if you ask. Yeah. you got, you got to put the work in for it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But if you don't like something about yourself, do what you got to do. Yeah. That reminds me of that. I think that'll help to if you don't want to be single. If yeah. you like being single, then enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's okay to be single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Change is scary, but it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That reminds me of that conference talk from a while back. What lack I yet? Do you guys remember that one? Mm. Where he talked about it was so good. It was a member of the seventy. I don't remember his name, but he just talked about different people kind of being intro- introspective and praying and being like, Lord, I like want to make more friends, or I want to I don't know go on more dates or whatever it was, or just I want to be a better person. What do I need? And the spirit telling them like something kind of random and specific, like stop interrupting people or you know just yeah. things like that clean your room clean your house whatever it was and i think like god is for sure like our partner in like making those changes to be yeah. better and he can help us do small um incremental things to like become mm-hmm. who we need to be yeah to better serve others or whatever I think that's, it is. that's part of growth part of why we're here yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean the whole story that you shared with us this evening was all about change yeah I think that, you know, I don't know if that was what we originally discussed talking about, but I think initially that's, <laughs> I wanted to share my story. I was reluctant to. Yeah. Because it's, people probably had a depression of me as this good guy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think I'm a good guy now. Yeah. But I wasn't always a good guy. Yeah. And so if you want to change, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I've always appreciated the fact that you're all, you, to me, you've always seemed like a grounded individual. Yeah. Like that, that much I have like noticed and I have appreciated that about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone who like goes, goes for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, this has been this awesome. Is, this has been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, and this, this has been a lot of fun and if you need me to come back and maybe, maybe, we, maybe we do a group one or something or who knows. You know, well, yeah. Oh, that would, would be fun. A group one? Like, like yeah. we had like a bunch other, of friends. Like, yeah. We should. That would be kind of cool. Just something different, you know? Yeah. Most, most podcasts are kind of an interview, so maybe we can I like it. Yeah, mix it expand. up a little. Right. A pan- if we had two speakers. A panel. Yeah. Or, a, or just like a group hang. We could even have a debate. Oh, I love get, it. Get two people on here that want to argue. Pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. At some point I want to do, who has it harder as singles, men or women? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could get both sides. That would yeah. Duke it out. That would, that would be good because, <laughs> because of course. We we already know that's going to be good. I think that's I think that would be cool. Yeah, we'll work on it. Well, thanks again. Mm-hmm.